Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. As a CFP and RFC, George McReynolds' mission is to help people create compelling dreams for their future, the plans to attain them, and the time to enjoy them. This is the Prosper Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Prosper Podcast. We're back for another edition of the show with George McReynolds, Wealth Manager and Chief Tax Strategist at Protective Wealth Care. Find him online at mcwealth.com. That's mcwealth.com. Great podcast lined up for you this week. We're going to talk about understanding the different types of risk. Yes, there are more than one when you're thinking about financial. Now, clearly, there's all kinds of risks in life, but we're going to be looking at the financial and retirement risks, and there are definitely more than one or two, so you might find this very useful. And George, welcome into the show. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, Mark. Nice to hear from you. Absolutely. And good to talk with you. And so people sometimes are surprised by the different types of risk that's out there for retirees and pre-retirees. I'll start with the one we most often think of, George. That's the market risk. People say, well, if you're thinking about the word risk, you go, well, yeah, that's the most volatile place for my money. That's probably where I'll experience the most risk. So give us a few things to think about when it comes to market risk. Well, it's it's really the numbers that change from statement to statement. There are lots of different markets, not just the one, not just the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is only 30 stocks, or the S&P 500, which is 500. There are alternatives, there's metals, commodities, small companies, international bonds. There are at least 14 different markets that, that we look at. And market risk, again, they're looking at the stock market as unpredictable as, as it is. Right. And they're afraid of losing money from statement to statement. And uh, unfortunately, that's the the one that they don't need to focus on. Too often, they are trying to avoid market risk. They end up accepting really low rates of return, and they run out of money. That's the big risk that overall that I try to save my clients from running right. out of money. Yeah. And uh, but the market risk, it's it's just the market fluctuates. The markets fluctuate quite a bit. Yeah, and that's the one we most often think of, and it's certainly one to pay attention to, but there are others, so we'll dive into some of those. And the one you mentioned one sort of in a way there, and we're going to tap into that in just a moment, but let's go to interest rate risk. I think a lot of people assume that, you know, whatever the Fed does is going to carry, you know, weight on everything, but it doesn't work exactly the way people think that it does. Well, there's a way to reduce market risk, and that's through diversification. And there's a way to understand or reduce your interest rate risk with a a calculation called duration. So managing the duration, uh, number one, it's a mathematical calculation that tells you at what point you're immunized against interest rate changes. So if interest rates go up at a certain point, you'll break even. And if interest rates go down, even though you'll make money now, you'll give it all back at a certain point. That's called duration. And we measure that. It's from reinvesting the interest that you get. If rates go up, you're reinvesting at higher rates. If interest rates go down, you're reinvesting at lower rates. And there's this balancing point, which is what we call duration. And through du- duration, we can also determine how much of a risk. If interest rates move 1%, what will that do to our portfolio on the upside and downside? So it's it's really just math. And that's the big risk is that people are afraid of doing math. <laughs> interest rate risk can be managed. Right. Uh, you cannot predict it. It's more difficult to predict interest rates than it is the uh, 
the stock market. I mean, I would imagine a lot of folks feel like, well, hey, if I'm not borrowing money, then I don't have to worry about interest rate risk. But again, it it affects so many other things. They don't often understand the impact that it has on the bonds in their portfolio and some of the things of that nature that you mentioned. And there was recently a great show that talked about how to justify these high price earnings ratios, these high PEs we have. Mm -hmm. And again, it comes back to Tina, that there is no alternative. When the 10-year treasury is below 1% and you're trying to make some money, that kind of justifies the PEs that we're seeing in, in, in stocks. Someone had done some calculation. I didn't double check the math, but they said that the, the PE of the 10-year treasury is 32 times, which is a lot more than, than the stock market. It means that the better value is in stocks than it is in government bonds. Yeah, so interesting. The, the, the interest rates on government bonds are the starting point of measuring all other investments. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, all right. So again, there's two types right there. So market risk, interest rate risk. Uh, what about one that we often, I mean, we all know it exists, but we often forget about it often, you know, on a regular kind of like calories. We know they're there, but we don't always take it into account. And that's inflation risk. It's odorless and it's colorless and it sneaks <laughs> up on people. They don't see it changing from statement to statement, but every time they go to buy a stamp or, or buy a carton of milk or, or a car or gasoline, the prices are going up and they need to keep up with it. And this is the biggest risk that affects consumers. Again, they don't see it, but if they have that guaranteed pension, that guaranteed income source, they're losing money every time prices go up, but they just don't see the danger in it until it's too late. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely sneak up on you. And it's that silent thief uh, that will really kind of start to deplete your, you know, your retirement years, your earning dollars, your purchasing power, all those things, you know, that we've talked about. And it's one that often gets overlooked because we just we just kind of just don't see it. It's just super simple to overlook that. Um, and that's going to lead us into another one, which kind of goes the same way, although it gets a lot more attention. Uh, but we often at the same time, we can't do a whole lot about it. That's tax rate risk as far as what the taxes are going to be set by the administration that we're dealing with. But there are many ways you can be more efficient with your taxes, especially as you get closer to retirement. Absolutely. This is one time when I really wish we were doing a video show instead of uh, audio, because there's a chart that uh, Morningstar puts out, and a company called Dalbar uh, does another study on the effect of taxes on your investments over time. And in essence, you lose o over half of your money over time because of taxes. Wow, half. Half. And it's just a, a, a great laser beam chart that shows you just how that happens and, and what it does over time. And it's horrible. It's, you, you can't control it. You keep on top of it and you just get more confused because everything changes. <laughs> right. I, I don't look at anything that's going on in December in terms of proposals. Because I have to do taxes in, you know, in January, February, March, and I don't want to be confused as to what they said was going to happen and what actually happened. Right. And you know, sometimes people will say, well, if you're you know, relying heavily on Social Security, uh, you know, well, I'll get a COLA, you know, the cost of living adjustment. But they're often pretty minor. They're typically offset a lot by whatever Medicare is doing. Uh, and for pensions, if you're lucky enough to have one, most of those do not have COLAs. Right. A source of conversation now is that Social Security does not use the same measurement of inflation that consumers do, the prices that are going up. Mm -hmm. what, what raises taxes is not the same CPI that determines Social Security benefits. So they're, they're different numbers. And you can easily lag the, the real consumer price index with your Social Security. So it's, it's not a complete hedge against 
inflation and prices going up. Yeah, and so it's something you got to watch out for, obviously, because you know taxes are going to be what they're going to be. We're currently in really low interest or tax rates, excuse me, as we know. But a big hot topic conversation is: Will they be going up? When will they go up? Uh, might it be you know they let the current one sunset, or will the new administration make some changes? Only time will tell on that. Uh, and that really is going to bring me into my last one, George, which is really the wraparound to all of these. And you kind of touched on it when you first opened up the show. And this is longevity risk. We're just living longer and it acts as a multiplier to every one of these other types of risks. So it's really important to take longevity into account. Absolutely. A big risk is that you'll live too long, that your money will die before you do. You know, uh, One of my mentors, uh, Nick Murray, says that the great goals of life emerge after you answer the question, am I going to live longer than my money or is my money going to outlive me? And when you get the answer to my money is going to outlive me, that's when you can really decide on some great goals of life, whether to endow charities or leave a legacy to help children, grandchildren. It all comes after you answer, will my money outlive me or will I outlive my money? Yeah. And how do we go about preparing for some of these things, George? It's, it's having a good plan in place. Uh, you know, it's taking into account, it's, you know, kind of speculating out. I mean, you guys, you can run these numbers, you can build plans that look at a longer term situation than what we might think. I'm one of those pessimistic folks that I feel pretty confident based on genetics and my own personal uh, health situations that I won't make it very long into my uh, golden years, but I'm not financially planning for that. And I think a lot of people get trapped up in that scenario of thinking, hey, I'm probably going to pass away in my 70s. So that's all I'm worried about. And if you're wrong, what are you going to do if you're in your if now you're 80 and you've got no money? So you've got to plan for longevity, whether it happens or not. Right. And when we do a financial plan, many financial advisors will look at life expectancy and, and base that on the plan. Mm-hmm. We don't. If your financial plan is based on your life expectancy, there's a 50% chance that you're going to run out of money. And none of my clients would appreciate those lines. So <laughs> at first, for, with a couple, we look at what's the 30% longevity? And it's at least five or six longer years. Then we look at the longevity for what's the odds of one of them living you know, to 100? What are the odds of both of them living to a certain age? But once we kind of come up with that planning age, which is the, the 30% mark, then we simulate about 30,000 years of investing to see the probability of success of the plan. Oh, okay. And then one of the best things that, that we do right now is after we come up with that, then we look at what we call, what are you afraid of? What keeps you up at night? And then we say, what if we get higher inflation? What does that do to the plan? And recalculate everything. What if taxes go up? What if Social Security gets cut? What if your pension goes down? What if you live to be 115 or what if you <laughs> pass away next month? So we, after we have the plan, we test the plan, number one, 30,000 uh, years of investing, but then also on all these other assumptions. What if our assumptions are wrong for inflation, for health care, for long-term care? And that's when I, I finally feel confident about the, the plans that I recommend to my clients is after it passes all those tests. Gotcha. And again, that's really the importance of stress testing your plan, working with an advisor who can help you kind of talk through the various different scenarios. 
And that's a huge portion of you know what a good advisor does is they they work with you, they talk with you, and they listen to the things that you're concerned about, and then they give you these options and show you some of the ways this might wind up happening. So if you've got some questions about types of risk, some of the things that we covered today on the show or need some help, some of the great ways that George was illustrating on how they go through and stress test those items, give them a call, reach out to them. You should always do so before you take any action with anything you hear on our show or any others. Check with a qualified professional as it relates to your specific life and your specific situation. And you can talk with George, who is a wealth manager and chief tax strategist at Protective Wealthcare by calling 215-699-1050. That's 215-699-1050. Or you can stop by mcwealth.com. That's mcwealth.com and check out the tools, tips, resources, and reach out to George that way. And of course, as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, The Prosper Podcast, by simply searching that out on any app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Just type in Prosper Podcast and you will find it there. George, my friend, thanks for your time. We're going to get out of here this week. Keep this one kind of short, but great information on different types of risks. And I always appreciate chatting with you. Thanks, Mark. You have a great week. You have a great week as well. We'll see you next time here on the show. We'll talk to you a little bit later on the Prosper Podcast here with George McReynolds from Protective Wealthcare. George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income, tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice.